the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In the Old Testament, it becomes clear that we are in need of a Redeemer, a Savior, a, a King. Well, here in Judges chapter 8, we get a judge in the name of Gideon, but he's not the King. He even says so. Join us. Way of Grace, next. As recent as David Koresh, you have a variety of folks who will stand up and say that I'm the Christ, I'm the Messiah. Meanwhile, here in the book of Judges, chapter 8, Gideon is the opposite. He's quick to say he's not. And therein lies a bit of wisdom that we'll learn from today. Now, a king was anticipated, and a king is desperately needed. But Gideon is not the one. And the direction is pretty clear. If he's not the one, we are still in need of a king. We are to be looking for another, and we find him in Christ. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's program. So there are what are called rules of engagement in war. And when you defeat your foes, you are to shame them. This is what is meant by when Jesus himself, by his death on the cross, Colossians 2, brought every principality and every power to light, making an open shame of them all, ruling over them as a monarch that put them in chains and paraded them through the streets of the elect of God so that we can see every sin, every rebellion, every evil, every demon, every act of rebellion against God was subdued in the person of Christ at the cross. It's all made to be ignominiously viewed as something not even worthy of wanting to be a part of. Does that make some sense? And in reality, the people of God should be celebrating when we see our enemies being brought to nothing who formerly were our masters and our tyrants and our rulers, and we bowed to them. And Jesus rescued us from our sins and liberated us from that foolishness and darkness. But again, I'm preaching to myself because most people don't understand the depth and and significance of the spiritual battle that Christ fought to deliver us from satanic power. This is why our churches are not filled and the pulpit is not full of the Holy Ghost. This is the reason why we are in a bad state in America. Because the glory of the Son of God is not proclaimed at all in terms of who it is that rules this universe. How it is that you can go from being a hell-bound sinner to being a worshiper of the true and the living God by the grace of God. What did Jesus do to deliver you from the tyranny of the devil, from the bondage of your sin? From the, from the harassment of your fleshly nature? What did Jesus do to open the gates of hell and deliver you out of the pit wherein there was no water? 
What did Christ do when he died in your place on Calvary and the Father said by the Holy Ghost, let him go. And men and women walked out of darkness freely by the grace of God in Christ. You don't hear this anywhere because men not only do not see the devil in his shame, they do not see Christ in his glory. They don't see it. They don't see it. This is why your church is full of emptiness, vanity, vanity. Gideon says, no, I'm not the one. Look, look at what the text tells us in verse 20. Oh, no, no, I got to do the latter part. This part really tripped me out, but I figured it out. I made a corollary to this. Now notice it says not only the purple raiment that was on the kings of Midian and besides the chains that were about the necks of their camels. Do you understand the Midianites were blinging in the war? They were blinging in the war. Now, the camel represented prestige and authority for the rulers, okay? Donkeys and camels were big thing. I don't know what it is, as you know. And so if the kings are dressing in all of this ornate garb, they did the same thing to their camels. But God said, no mercy to the camels. Ask the master, so is the camel. Take their Escalade and strip it of everything that's worth stripping. Take their Mercedes and strip it. Take it and strip it, strip it down bare and naked so even the folks on the street won't want to come and get the car and build it back. That's what the camels represented. And what else did they represent? They represented, as I told you several weeks ago, the pride and presumption that the Midianites were immutable and that they were all powerful and they could not be subdued and they could even go into war with the gaudy, ornate uh, uh, attire of gold and silver. How audacious is that? How totally empty of humility is that? You're going to go to war with all your gold and silver on. You are demonically deluded. You are operating out of hyper levels of narcissism. You want to look cute fighting a war. Anybody keeping up with me? And you can be drunk in that kind of stuff too because we got enough military people in our space who know how foolish and vain the hearts of military men and women are who don't know Christ. We know that. We know how vain they are, assuming that there's none like them. And no one will bring them down. That sounds like God. Y'all keeping up with me? It's really important to understand what's going on here. About their next, look at the next verse, part A. This is all I want to get at for now. And Gideon took all of that gold and silver and everything that he did, and he made an ephod. Do you see it? He made an ephod thereof, and he put it in his city, even in Ophrah. Now, subpart A has nothing to do with subpart B. So open your eyes and see the truth. Subpart A, for me, is a very clear, a very clear understanding of what Gideon is doing. Gideon is obeying God in terms of the rules of engagement going all the way back to delivering Israel out of Egypt. Gideon is honoring God by the bounty and the booty and the plunder of the wicked going all the way back to the days when God told Israel, now I'm getting ready to bring you out of Egypt. 
Now, bringing his people out of Egypt was a war, was it not? It lasted over a year. And the strategy was by God. And the battle was fought by God himself through the mediatorial work of Aaron and Moses. Do you remember that? And Aaron and Moses only did a few things. You know what that was? Go to the uh, king Pharaoh and say, thus saith the Lord. And then back out of the way because God backed up his word, didn't he? So who was really fighting that battle? That's why it says in Exodus 15, the Lord is a man of war. And God had already told Israel, y'all going to win. Oh, but on your way out, because of what I'm getting ready to do, go on to the Egyptians, because they're going to give it to you. They're getting ready to give it to you happily. That's Exodus 12, 36. Pull it up. I want you to see it with your own eye. This is the law of spoil in the battle. Listen to it. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Now, who gave them favor? You have to know that. Because prior to this, Egypt was naturally predispositioned to see the Hebrew people as abominable. Did y'all get that? The Hebrew were abominations to the Egyptians. Why is it now that they have favor with them? Because God has now turned the hearts of the Egyptians out of fear because the God of the Hebrews has showed up in power. Now we have here an allusion to the gospel. Is not the gospel the power of God under salvation to everyone that believes? You better believe it. It's the only thing that can take a heart and change it from being in allegiance to the devil to being in allegiance to God. It takes a divine power to strip you of being an Egyptian, to making you be a Hebrew. That's the grace of God. So they lent unto them such things as they required, and they what? Spoiled the Egyptians. Now, this is coming out of, Ex- uh, out of Genesis 15. Do you remember when God had told Abraham in Genesis 15, when God made that covenant with Abraham, where Abraham was to divide the pieces and God walked through that covenant and left Abraham on the sideline because the covenant of redemption is not a bilateral covenant between us and God. It is a covenant between God and God on our behalf. We don't have anything to do with our salvation, but enjoy the benefits. God put Abraham in a deep sleep and God walked through those parts, as you remember, as fire and a smoking flax. And when it was over with, what God told Abraham was that Israel would come out of Egypt with great riches and it would indicate the battle that God would win for them. Now, by the way, it's true for the believer, too. When this thing is all over with, you and I will enjoy great riches blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ to enter into the fullness of Christ in ways unimaginable right now. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, everything that God has for those who wait for him. I believe that. That is the true utopia. We're not there yet. We're still in the battle. So you see here that this is a rule that when the war is won, You plunder your enemy. And what do you do with it once you plunder your enemy? About to teach you a glorious truth around that. Under point number three, Gideon's not the Christ, a lesson of cultural behavior, a test of the corrupt people, a test of the corrupt people. What 
was the people of, uh, of the uh, area in which Gideon to live, was living and reigning and ruling to do with their gold and silver, they were to give a significant portion of it to God right away. This is what you and I learned a couple years ago about what I'm going to talk about at the end of our message, why we give. This is going to be for us, um, Exodus chapter 32, verse 1 through 5. This is an interesting event. Now, notice what goes on here. And when the people saw that Moses had delayed to come down out of the mount, what did the people do? They gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto them, do what? Make us gods which shall go before us as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt. We don't know what's become of him. What's happening to the people? They have lost sight of their chief organizing principle. They're starting to get confused, aren't they? And guess what they want to do? Rather than go forward, they want to go backwards. Now, what are they about to do? Take the spoils that God had given them and use it to make an idol. Y'all keeping up with me? Now, Notice what the text says, verse 32. And Aaron said unto them, break off the golden earrings, which are in your ears and the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. In other words, outwardly, they still look like Egyptians. That's a whole message in itself. We own our way to the promised land, but we're still dressing like the Egyptians. We're still looking like the Egyptians. And so God says, I can work with that because the sinners saved by grace. You, you know, that's the case, right? All right. So, so, cause they got all that spoil. Now, do you guys know what happened in Exodus chapter 25? God said, take a bunch of that spoil and do what? Make a temple. Do you guys remember that? Why? Because the spoils are to represent the grace of God in our life that brought us out of darkness into light. And we should use it to exalt God as our king and the center of our worship. Now, here we are just seven chapters down the line and they want to take the spoils of God's goodness in their life and make an idol out of it. Sounds like the country I live in. Sounds like some of us in this room. We'll keep it going. Notice what it says. Verse 33. And all the people break off their golden earrings, which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. Verse 30, uh, verse four. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool. Now, Aaron is a mess, isn't he? Right. See, you got to always pray that God keeps his hand on his leadership. Now, if he takes his hand off of his leadership, please understand it's not just about the leadership. It's about you. Got that? It's very important for you to know that. He received them and fashioned it with the graving tool. And after he had made it a molten calf, and they said, these be your gods. This was the worst day in Israel's life in the wilderness. Oh, Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Do you see what just happened there, ladies and gentlemen? They had collapsed into a strong delusion. They just believed a lie. Just believed the golden calves were the calves that the Egyptians worshiped and they were the calves that the Midianites worshiped. Do you guys got that? This no way represents who the true and the living God is. This goes to show you how quickly we collapse into false worship when we don't see God as our king. And we don't see the rulers that God sets up as God working through them. 
40 days and they went back to hell. You see how easy, easy we can slip, saints? Can you see it? Just letting you know, I want you to see this before we move on. So this is quite phenomenal. Now, another event that occurred where God gave Israel these spoils and riches, and this is in Numbers chapter 21, verse 8. Remember in their sin and rebellion against God, what God did was allow a lot of them to get bitten by serpents. Do you guys remember that? All right, stay with me because these are about journeys through the wilderness and its application is to where you and I are because we're still going through the wilderness. And from time to time, the people of God get bit by snakes. And here it is. And the Lord said unto Moses, make you a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looks upon it shall what? Is not that pole a symbolic medium between God and the sinner representing the sufferings of Christ on their behalf? Do you see it? This is where we're going. The people of God love to mess up the medium that God employs to point them to God and not the medium. This is the abomination of the ephod thing that we're about to deal with. Nothing wrong with the ephod at all. It has a meaning. But when you have adoring, uh, a whoring church folk, they always take the means and turn them into the aims in the end. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So in this context, this was a beautiful text Paul talked about in, in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, don't tempt God as they did in the wilderness and were slain by the serpent. But what do we know happened? They were healed, everyone that looked to the serpent. It's a great picture of looking to Christ for your salvation or even for your recovery from rebellion. What does the believer do to overcome his idolatrous ways? Look to Jesus until he reminds you by his grace that he's forgiven your sin and wait for your healing and rise up to sin no more. That's what you do. Some of y'all getting some truth here? So now watch this. What do you think they did with that brazen pole in about seven, eight, seven, eight hundred years? See, because they kept the pole. They kept, can you walk, can you see walking around the wilderness with the pole? Somebody said, I'll take the job up. Moses, can I have a pole? Now, I know you're done with it, but I just want to walk around with the pole. For the next hundred years, walking around with the pole. Can you imagine how many people started worshiping the pole? And this is the folly of men who are shallow and not understanding the aim is always God. The aim is always God, not the pole. But a lot of us got poles. And we're told that it was Hezekiah that had to destroy that raggedy pole in 2 Kings 18.4. So I want y'all to teach our children this word. We're getting ready to go down. I want you to teach your children this word. I want y'all to teach them this word. They're going to say, why? You'll, you'll know later on. The kids will know later on. Teach them this word. Here it is. And what Hezekiah did was remove the high places and he broke the images and he cut down the groves and he break in pieces the very brazen serpent that God told Moses to make. On one hand, the brazen serpent is made for the healing of the people. On the other hand, it's broken into pieces because it was killing the people. Can you see it? And so now God has to take the thing that he used to save them, which is now being used to kill them, and he has to kill it in order to save them. 
and he break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days, the children of Israel did burn incense unto it. And he called it. Here's the the term I want our our kids to learn. Nehushtan. Go, go. Nehushtan. Teach them kids. Nehushtan. And daddy, what does that mean? It's just a piece of brass. It's just a piece of brass. Y'all want to learn something right here on this one? Because we're here right now in our world dealing with men and women being deceived by postmodern, irrational reimagining of things, defining things that are not and not affirming things that are. So you're being hoodwinked by things that have no value, no intrinsic worth, no reality to them because you're not grounded to that which is valuable, that which has intrinsic worth, that which is imminent in its immutable qualities, which is God himself. And God himself is reality. So I hope some of you who are not lost yet, what is truth? It is reality according to God. Did y'all get that? I want to bring it. I want you to get it. Because see, we can use the term Christ, but I've told you this for years. You're not saying anything to just go Christ, Christ, Christ. You got to explain Christ. And I'm about to do that. Truth is always reality according to God. Down to the infinitesimal level of creation. Beyond the infinitesimal level of creation, as you and I might know it empirically, beyond it into all of the other dimensions that you and I don't even know about. The spiritual dimensions, they were created by God too. Were they not? Principalities and powers, the angels, the fallen angels, the demons, the devils, the world that is and the world that is to what? That world is already made by God. It's real, isn't it? Now, do you and I understand that the only way to walk in the truth of a thing is to see it the way God sees it? So when some fool tries to tell you that your child has the right to determine that there's something that they're not, go Nehushtan. (laughs) Nehushtan. I got another bad word for it, but it wouldn't be good in the pulpit. (laughs) You need to be taking this battle seriously because you'll have your children worshiping false gods and abandoning the true and the living God if you don't take this matter seriously. So there you go. You have all of these false uses of it. What is, Dave, what, is, um, what is Gideon's justification of doing what he did? His justification for doing what he did in making the ephod is because God had taught Gideon like he teaches every true believer that there's only one access to God by which we can have a real and faithful and constant revelation of the will of God. And that's the ephod. The ephod was the breastplate on the high priest by which in all of his ornate matter, pointing to the 12 tribes of Israel, pointing to God's people in Christ, who is our great high priest. God says that the high priest is to bear all of the burden of all of the people of God on his heart. Am I making some sense? 
This is the ephod. Look at it for yourself. We are now in Exodus 28. I want you to see this. I still got a few more minutes. Exodus chapter 28. I want you to see this starting at verse 28 and we'll go through verse 30. This should be a message in itself because of the depths of the symbolism and typology of the ephod in relationship to the robe, in relationship to the high priest is a clear and visible signification of Jesus Christ being the revelation of the invisible God to us. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.